What is up, everybody? Welcome to the bow, 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 bow. Next episode. Did you see? Did you know? Did you understand? That's where I was going with that. Welcome to the next episode of the That's a Shame podcast. I'm your host, Nick Alex. Fucking intro music. Go. Up with yes. How you doing? Welcome back to the first episode of the podcast in the month of May. We're in May. And is it me or is this fucking year flying? What is time even? Years aren't even years anymore. When you're younger, years are fucking centuries. And when you're older, years are months. And nothing matters. Time isn't real. But what is real about time is that it's moving real fucking quick. And I don't like it. I don't care for it. I'm fucking 30. I'm married. What? And uh, who the fuck knows what else? Probably having a kid soon. Probably going to have to give up on my dreams. Probably just going to, you know, sow some soil, till the land on a farm that I now owned. That we're getting 40 G's off of now. The original price because the guy realized he's not going to be able to clean out what he thought he'd be able to clean out because he's such an aggressive hoarder. That he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Here's 40 G's. You deal with it. I'm happy about it. We were pl- we, we kind of knew we were going to have to drop mad money to clean it up anyway. So we went in thinking, look. A lot of the money we're getting, we'll have to put into that. And now we won't really have to. But, um... It makes it feel more real about how real of a situation we are dealing with. I mean, hoarding is just, it's a wild thing. I mean, hopefully there's no dead bodies or cats inside of this house. But, uh, I mean, based on the outside, there there may be some decaying carcasses. Who knows? No, it doesn't look like it'll be that bad. But it's uh, this guy's got a collection of shit. And it's... what what's It's just like, I don't know how you live like that. I love buying shit. I love, you know, getting new shit. But uh, I can't, if I'm in a room that's not kept well, I can't do anything until it's well kept. If the room is cluttered, my mind feels cluttered. And then I can't say what I want. I can't think about what I'm trying to think about. And it's frustrating. So to live in that level of fucking untidiness just seems uncomprehendable to me. And uh, I can't wait to get in there and tidy it up or pay people to tidy it up because fuck that shit. Um, but yeah, it's getting, you know, it's May. It's getting warmer. It's getting warmer. And, uh, you know, every every winter goes by. And for some reason, I forget what the women look like during the summer in New York City. And I don't know how I forget it because it is jarring. Dude, first of all, if you live in somewhere in the middle of the country and you're a lady aficionado and you like the gals, I mean, look, I haven't spent a ton of time in, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, 
That's just about all the states I can name in the middle of the country. I haven't spent a ton of time in rural Pennsylvania. Actually, I've spent a good amount of time in rural Pennsylvania. I used to go up there to Bethlehem when my aunt used to live there. We'd go there for Thanksgiving and, uh, and I, and, and they lived in a fucking mansion. They went from living in a fucking one story ranch on Long Island to living on a mansion with so much property that they were able to build a, a dirt bike racetrack in there. And I was like, how, what happened here that they earned so much more money in so little time? And then I got older and learned about how if you move to a place where nobody has any dreams or aspirations, you can afford some nice shit. And, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what it's like in, um, you know, Louisiana or come on, I gotta be able to name some more States, Indianapolis, Alabama. Did I say Kentucky? But I can't imagine that the level of woman walking around there is really anything like what's going on here. And and it's just, and it's also just the level of whore in New York City, too. I mean, maybe they're not even whores. Maybe they're just, you know, free the nipple advocates, which seems to be a stab against the patriarchy, but it just... It feels like if I were to have to create a rule for women to make my life better, it would be, hey, let that nip out, dude. And uh, so I, I don't know. I don't understand the, um, I don't understand the uh, logic behind that movement. Really, I you know, whatever. It's not. It's affecting my life. It's affecting my life in the sense that, like, when I'm walking to the gym. I don't need to warm up because my heart rate is already elevated because I saw about half a dozen nipples with chrome studs going through them on my way there. So heart rate's already elevated, got the blood pumping, don't need to hit the treddy because I saw a bunch of tits on my way there. It's fucking, and I'm happy about it. I love it. It's great. I mean, I've talked about this before. You know, what era, what era would be more enjoyable to live in? The one where you could do whatever you want to women or the one where women just don't wear clothes, but you can't really just say, hey, you're my property. Come and hang out with me. <laughs> oh, boy, if I ever get fucking anywhere in comedy, I will lose it pretty quickly. But yeah, man, it's cool. And th that's the thing. And I'm not even fucking I'm not shaming sluts here. I would never shame a slut. Sluts are imperative to the function of this society. I think sluts have done more for the feminist movement than any other type of broad in existence. Because sluts, look, man, if every chick, if every chick in existence was a wine and dine me type of chick, if every chick on the planet was uh, buy me some wild caught salmon couscous and pinot grigio before I decide to not fuck you type of chick, I don't know if the woman's rights movement would have made it as far as it has so far. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? I think there needed to be sluts around to clear the mind of men to get them to be like, women should have the right to vote. You know? <laughs> the Me Too movement had to exist in a world where even, where sluts already existed. 
Do you see what I'm saying? If the, if sl- if there were no sluts, if there were no sluts, do you know what the Me Too movement probably would have been called instead? It would have just been called, yeah, all of us also. Because I think sex-based crimes without sluts existing might be unquantifiable. Does any of this make sense? Listen, all I'm saying is that if you're a dude and you've been cheated on because your girl was a slut, it's a necessary evil, man. You took a bullet for the bigger cause. Okay? Because when your girl cheats on you and you're down in the dumps and you're in a dark place, do you know who's going to pull you out of that place? Another slut. A slut's going to come around and take care of you and make the sun shine again. You see what I'm saying? If every chick was a wine and dine chick, dude. If every chick, if you, if just any time, the only way to try to get laid was to drop. I mean, it would be cheaper in any other part of the country. I get it. But in the city, if you go out to even a casual dinner with a lady, you're dropping 150 bucks min. If you get a fucking app and entree and a Pinot Grease, you're dropping three digits. You're dropping triple dig. And, and if that was the only way to get Laid, I mean, men would be walking around just stabbing people for no reason. You need sluts in existence to wipe the slate clean of frustration that is built up from that sort of endeavor. Can we sell, Can we figure out a rule here for the first date type of thing in the world of straight dating? I guess this doesn't really exist. I don't know what's going on in the gay community. But I mean, if you're on a date, if a lady's on a date with a dude and you've determined that you're not going to bang him, because every dude's down to bang on the first date. There's not one dude who wouldn't be down to bang on the first date. So if you're on a date with the dude and you determine this guy's not doing it for me, I'm not going to bang him. Go halves, he's on the meal. That should be the universal sign for I'm not fucking you. If we don't split the check, you get to split me open. Let's make this the universal rule. If the lady pulls her fucking wallet out and puts it on the table and goes halvesies, the man needs to back off sees. But if she doesn't go for that wallet and you pay for that full meal, we all know it's going down now. That would just make everything less complicated and more, you know. There would just be less confusion, I think. And if and if we're going to do anything in this world, why don't we just make it less confusing? More logic-based planet. Because, you know, I don't know. And maybe, maybe I'm ignorant. I haven't been dating. I haven't been dating in a while. Maybe women are doing that. Are you doing that? Right in, ladies. Do you normally go halvesies on a bill if you know you're not going to pipe them out? Or do you normally go halvesies on a bill if you know you're not going to let him pipe them out? Or is, you know... Do you like, look, I'm going to fuck this dude. I'll let him take care of the bill. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The man should take on the brunt of the payment in casual sex situations 
because the woman is allowing a much more invasive thing to take place than the man. Casual sex for men is nothing. It's nothing to put a thing inside of a thing. It's way, way more intimate. And, uh, you know, I would imagine there's just a much bigger brain barrier between putting a thing into a thing or letting a thing come into your thing. You see what I'm saying? If my fucking, if my buddy hits me up and he asks me to come over, there's way less work involved. I just get dressed, I throw on a fucking tee, I throw on my shoes and I head on over there, I don't even think about it. If somebody hits me up and they're like, yo, I'm, 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 I'm near your apartment, can I come through? I'm like, can you give me a little time to prep this place? I got my beds not made, I got dirty socks on the fucking floor. I got a bunch of beard hair in the sink. Let me let me clean it up. And then even when you come in here, where have you been? Take your fucking shoes off. You better not smell like shit. If you smell like shit and you come in here and you leave and then my place just stinks like shit because you were here, I'm going to be fucking heated. It's way more of a chore to let people come into your thing than to go into theirs. So I get it. But ladies, if you're not going to if you're not going to fuck him, that's that's rude. That's rude to take his money and then also waste his time. I mean, both times were wasted equally, but don't let, I mean, if he's rich, if he's rich, then I mean, fuck it. All right. But if he's, you know, if the guy's a struggling comic, if the guy's a goddamn bartender, if he's a fucking burger maker at five guys, let him keep his cash if you're not going to fucking... If you're not going to go back to his place, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think I'm solving the world of dating and any sort of imperfections that existed inside of it. Yeah. This fucking Johnny Depp trial has been wild. This thing is producing a ton, a ton of great clips. I mean, first of all, Amber Heard, hot, hot, hot lady. She's the type of hot where... Um, you can get away with beating your husband and shitting in his bed that it takes a few years for him to divorce you. That's the type, that's the type of hot Amber Heard is. But this whole thing has been, first of all, it's, to me, it, the thing that pisses me off so much is that, first of all, anytime a fucking dude is accused by a woman just on a public forum, on Twitter, on the internet, whatever. It's just, all right, that's it. Wash your hands clean of this dude. Can't touch him, can't fuck with him, can't do anything with him. Don't care if he wasn't, uh, you know, proven to be to be guilty whatsoever, but it's just over for him. And then and then this the fucking judicial system, I guess, is so fucked up that it takes years for this thing to even go to trial. I mean, this dude lost prime time years of his career because she accused him of all this shit. Everybody just assumed he was a scumbag, alcoholic woman beater. Hasn't acted in a fucking flick since. Meanwhile, it's been her who was pinching off hot loaves on his side of the bed, throwing fucking vodka handles at his head, uh, cutting off a fucking finger, one of his fingers. I mean... That's the most upsetting part about it. We lost a bunch of years from a great actor. I mean, who's 
Very few people have a better resume than Johnny motherfucking Depp, dude. Pirates of the Caribbean? Alone. Even that's where it started and ended. Good luck. Good luck beating it. Blow? One of my favorite movies, dude. If you haven't watched Blow, watch Blow. I fucking weep like a willow at the end of that goddamn uh, movie. And he's crushing it in court, bro. I've never seen anybody just fucking make the entire courtroom laugh constantly while being fucking questioned and interrogated. It's absurd. And why are all the lawyers in this case absolute fucking morons? I mean, Amber Heard, these people are all, Amber Heard is a millionaire. No? And her lawyer is up there asking Johnny Depp questions and then objecting to his own question. Did you see that clip? I posted it on my IG. He literally asked him a question. He's, oh no, he asked uh, Johnny Depp's, I don't know, doctor a question. And he started answering it and he goes, oh, oh hearsay, hearsay, objection, objection. And, and then the fucking judge is like, but, but, but you asked the question. And then the whole courtroom laughed at him. I mean, it was like it was a scene out of the office or if it was at Always Sunny and Charlie Day was fucking doing his bird law and got caught in the mix, caught in a mix up. What else did I do this past week? Oh, the NFL draft came and went. I, you know, I'm a fucking, I'm a weirdo and I like to watch it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just a big, I'm a big, 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 big football fan. And uh, also what made it very watchable is the Giants had two top 10 picks that can alter a franchise. And I think they did. They got two very good players, but it was in uh, Las Vegas this year. And I mean, look, man, I get it. I'll watch it. I'll watch the NFL draft from home because it's like you can get up and do shit and live your life and still like be a productive human being. If you, if you buy tickets and go to the NFL draft, I mean, I can't imagine you make more than $40,000 a year. I can't imagine that you eat anything but like cold cut sandwiches with Heinz fucking mustard on them. And you just, you're just living a low level life. I can't imagine, dude, if you, most of the fucking people that they filmed in Vegas at this event were like, dude, there's just 50 year old men who have their hair dyed the color of their favorite team and their face painted. And it's like, Hey man, don't you have like shit to do in the next week? You're just dyeing your hair fucking black and silver with the Raiders emblem on the side of it. Most of the people I would venture who purchase tickets and go to an event where your team does a thing that lasts literally one and a half seconds. And it's a thing that you don't even know much about most likely where they just say a player's name and then you cheer for no reason because you don't know anything about that player, whether it's good or bad. I'm going to assume that you're, you have some sort of mental disability. I'm going to assume that you're a little bit light in the chromosomes. I'm going to assume that you just don't have much, much going. If that, if the NFL draft elicits that level of excitement, out of you to where you need to spray paint your torso, I'm going to assume there's not much else going on in your life that makes you feel anything because that's an absurd way to react to a fucking random 20-year-old name being called 
and being employed by your favorite American football team. It's just an, it's an absurd thing to do, an absurd way to le- live your life and an absurd way to spend your time. It's tough. Oh, and another thing that happened to me this week, I met the one and only Louis C.K. And no, it had nothing to do with me advancing in stand-up. I met him at a cheese shop, just how I always imagined it. Had nothing to do with him being like, wow, you're a hell of a comic. Saw you said on stage. I couldn't even follow you. Let me get to know you. Here's my number. Come on the road with me. No, I saw him getting some fucking sliced prosciutto while I was purchasing creme fraiche. And uh, it was just me and him in the cheese shop. And I was like, if not now, when? Say hi to him, man. And uh, I stuck my hand out. I was like, dude, just want to say I'm a massive fan. And he was like, oh, thank you, dude. And I was like, yeah, you're one of the main reasons I started doing stand-up, you know, however many years ago. And he was like, oh, good luck with it. And I was like, thank you. And then I fucking ran out of the store and almost had to lay down on the sidewalk because I genuinely went into fight or flight. My body just went into fight or flight response. I was fucking, my heart was beating out of my chest. And I ran upstairs back to my apartment. I gave my wife her fucking creme fraiche. I told her what happened. And I was like, I just met Louis C.K. And I'm about to pass out. Am I a fucking faggot? Why am I responding like this? Why couldn't I have just have been as cool as a fucking cucumber? I feel like it's a beta move to see you. I mean, he's had a massive influence on my life and literally the trajectory of the things I've decided to do. But, you know, I feel like I should have just been able to shake his hand and be like, fuck's up, Lou. I'm Nick. I could follow you on stage now. Cool to see you in a cheese shop later, Gator. But I didn't. I mean, I did it. I was cool in the moment. But afterwards, I thought I was going to need to be put on a fucking respirator. (laughs) What am I, fucking gay? Another man makes me flustered? Whack. Whack as shit. Very, very not impressed with my... Ability with my central nervous system's ability to fucking stay cool under minimal pressure in front of another man. Christ. But. All right, man, that's the episode for uh, for this week. Keep tuning in. Rate rate the episode um, on Apple. If you haven't, if you do, I will. Uh, I'll shout you out. I'll shout your review out. If you do shout out to Farmer Kyle 11. He's the last person to leave a review. I can't remember if I fucking, if I ever shouted him out, but uh, he's the last person to do it. And I'm shouting him out. Farmer Kyle. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the Patreon members uh, rate and review on Spotify. If you haven't going over to the YouTube and subscribe, watch there. If you enjoy, if you want to watch me be a fucking lunatic. Um, If not, just keep on listening. Keep on tuning in, spread the word. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope you're enjoying these, these episodes. Okay, stay safe. Bye.